Welcome to the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I have succeeded in making Shelly laugh right off the bat. It's so hard. I am your host, Greg Tito. And there is also this other person here. Her name is the Clapper. (laughs) (laughs) That's my superhero name. (laughs) It is? Maybe. Yeah. So like when when bad guys show up, you just like I applaud. But like really sarcastically. (laughs) You can tell. Slow clap. From the way. Job, and then they just fall guy. apart. They fall they apart. They do. Yes. You have no idea the impact of sarcastic applause can have on a psyche. Well, thank you for joining me, Shelley, the clapper Mazanoble. Thank you for having me. Because you're the host. It's I been know. Trevor the last few times. It has I been, know. I feel like I've been. Yeah. Abandoning me. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. That's what I feel like. It's I crazy. don't remember where I've been. <laughs> Doing lots of uh, fun, fun stuff. Speaking that, of fun stuff. Yes. So, this is probably like old news for lots of people, but I just would like to share that I saw Deadpool. Oh my god, I loved it. It's good. Like at every, I heard good things about it, and then other people were like, "You're gonna go see Deadpool? Why would you go see Deadpool? That's not you're you're not gonna like it because they said it was really gory, and and I was thinking like gory like a Tarantino movie, mm-hmm. but no, it's like funny. It's gory. cartoony gory, right? So I thought, well, I guess I'm just going to. So Bart has someone to sit next to. I'll just, you know, and also Ryan Reynolds. Hello. Hello. I don't really care what I'm watching. I I'm love just, Ryan Reynolds. I know. And he, this is like he, the role he was like made He kind of crosses over, like women love him and men love him. Yeah. But anyway, I like was grinning the entire movie. I just thought like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. This is my movie. And it's like nonstop hour and a half of fun. It was so fun. It was just so well done. There was, I think that's exactly how I, I like my superhero movies. Mm. Not not serious like let's not let's not be totally serious when you're wearing tights like you know like yeah. have a little fun with it and he's just a perfect anti-hero and i didn't even expect a love story didn't no. even know that was going to be and that. it was like a real natural one too. it was like oh yeah yep. i could see those those two then th- uh, that's what i liked about who he was with yeah that she was I dr- a I little agree. rough around the edges and that's actually how i like to play my D games too like a little bit Rough in around tights. the edges and in tights, yeah, uh, with an ugly guy underneath the red mask, right? Yeah, like that's how, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, but like irreverent. I like to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and weird. Yeah, yeah. It so looked- it was cool to, to see it. So you you've seen the movie? I did. Okay. Yeah, I saw it in did Los Aaron Angeles. Oh, no, I saw it by myself. Okay. Yeah, it was like started at like eleven thirty at night. It was like the only showing I could go see. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, there were two. A woman who brought in two kids, like ages six and eight. Oh, that's perfect for them. Right? Yeah. It was right up their alley. <laughs> Especially the sex scene. It was like, oh, yeah, oh my God. perfect. The yeah. language, everything. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I'm like, so, I guess she thought it was a different kind of superhero movie. I like to think that those people are going to be Ryan Reynolds' alikes in the future. Maybe. Yeah. We're creating uh, sarcastic, funny, irreverent actors. And they'll and, remember that moment. The and they'll remember that moment. When like, it happened. I remember that. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I love the villain, too. He was so good. He was pretty good. Yeah. He was pretty, like, one, you know. Like it was, there was not a lot of nuance in in his character. No, that's what I kind of because with all the nuance on one side, it was good. No, oh, that was good. Yeah, it was really good. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. I think that's important. Well done. Well done. Well people done. Who made Deadpool. that movie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have some other uh, stuff going on with uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Curse of Strahd is out in yeah. stores now, uh, and uh, available in a wide release all over the place. So go get it. It's awesome. We just uh, have been cry- we, These things are always. We always record them. Uh, early and or late, so there's time travel involved. <gasps> yes, it's quantum physics. 
so we've been cracking them open in the office. Love them. Uh, love all the artwork and mm-hmm. uh, uh, the, the covers. Uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, the cover is great. It's really cool. So go ahead and check that out wherever you buy books. <laughs> books. <laughs> books. Uh, and as well, you can watch uh, Chris Perkins playing Curse of Strahd. Oh, uh, yeah. Tell me more about this. This is happening on Tuesdays, uh, I think at 4 p.m. on okay. Twitch, 4 p.m. Pacific time uh, on our Twitch channel, uh, which is Watsy underscore D&D. Go check it out. Uh, it's we, we, It hasn't started yet in real time, but in the <laughs> in time the that future. you're listening to it, it's going and it's awesome. <laughs> you have traveled to the future, you have seen it, and you are telling us And you want to awesome. bring it back. So, yeah, it's it's amazing. We got some really great uh, uh, YouTube personalities and uh, Twitch personalities bringing their uh, performance D&D thing to uh, playing with Chris Perkins, which I think is going to be this a lot really of fun. This is really cool. Yeah. Technology is amazing. I know. It is. There's a lot of uh, uh, online back and forth microphones, things I don't understand, but it's all working, and uh, it's awesome. So go check it out on okay. our Twitch channel. And uh, also, um, I think that's it for announcements. I think that's everything we got going on. We got an awesome guest coming in today. That's very exciting. She's actually right here. She's been here this whole time. I am. I've been trying to be very quiet and respectful. You have done an awesome job. Thank you uh, for joining us, Lauren Urban. Yes. Hi. Hi. Hi, Lauren. I'm super excited to be here. And I wish I could watch everything about Curse of Strahd, but my husband might be running that for our Uh, home D&D game. So I'm going to have to... Uh, bag the uh, Chris Perkins stuff and put it away for later and watch it all after we've run our game. Well, that is a cool thing because we will end up uh, uploading it all up onto YouTube later. So you can binge like a a Netflix show later on uh, (laughs) after you've wrapped up your thing. So is that something you think about when when you're playing a game? Do you not want to spoil stories like that? A little bit. Uh, It's definitely just because of where we've ended up in my home campaign with my husband running it. Uh, We happen to have a character who, uh, let's just say, would fit into Strahd pretty well. Mm -hmm. And so while he's already said, I'm not going to run the the whole thing exactly as is because he's got his own homebrew things going on. He he did mention maybe you shouldn't watch the stream because I got very excited about that. So yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm avoiding it, and and definitely with some of the things that I run with my players, I I have told them please don't say go here or read this or check that out, you know, just in case. Yeah, just kind of like a na 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 na. Yeah, like, you know, if if you you know don't want to spoil it, that's the way to do it, right? For sure. That makes it's sense. hard. We always we always walk that line with spoiling when we're talking about our stories because it's kind of hard to talk about it without spoiling some of it, and then we want people to be excited about it, and I think. Uh, that's a thing that older gamers necessarily think about where younger gamers are like, sure, we'll watch it all on Twitch and YouTube. We don't care yep. so much about, you know, not experiencing it firsthand. Uh, so it's it's always that balance between not, you know, doing too much well, and especially while getting with people D- excited. Yeah, and especially with D&D, it could be completely different the way we run it versus what, you know, someone else runs it. But knowing in advance some of the some of the possible dungeons or some of the possible things, certainly, you know, it's it's watching a movie trailer that gives away half the movie. It's like, well, this is still something I really want to see, but now I know what's going to happen and, you know, it's not yeah. as much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. But you're right. It's every every table and every shard of, you know, D&D's reality is going to be different. There's going to be different shades of, of what happens here and there. So you never know what you're going to get. Yeah. All right. So you're here because you have been uh, uh, dungeon mastering for a long time, right? Yes. Uh, for my home game, on and off uh, for about six years now. And then the most recent thing would be Dungeons and & Dragons and & Drunks. 
Oh, which, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> started as a one-off thing for a charity event and then exploded, basically. Um, but yeah, I've been I've been the main DM for that with a couple of my friends, and we've been putting that out as a podcast, and it's been fairly successful. And more importantly, I think everybody's having a lot of fun. Do so. tell. I need some backstory. How did this come about? So um, I'm on a podcast called Glib Shark, and we are huge fans of the uh, Rooster Teeth folks who do a lot of online machinima and comedy sketches and everything, and they have a event that happens in Austin every year called RTX. And the last couple of years, the uh, the community has come together and put together this big charity event before the actual convention. Mm-hmm. A silent auction, uh, just all kinds of fun things that the community has put together, raises thousands of dollars for Child's Play every year. And a couple years ago, uh, some people who follow my Twitter, and I usually tweet during my games, uh, quotes, and they said, oh, you should run a game at RTX. You should run a game. I'm like, well, I, I could try. And this was just about the time I'd watched a whole bunch of Acquisitions Incorporated mm-hmm. and some other kind of like um, on-stage events. And so I said, well, yeah, I could, I could do like a one-off and do a charity thing. So we, we ran the, the, the game just one night, and people could, at the charity event, bid to be the boss monster. Oh, uh, fun. Nice. And so basically, That's I just brought price. them up at the end of the game, and I said, I said, you don't need to know anything about D&D. I'm just going to tell you, you know, you can do this or this, and you just pick somebody. And <laughs> the guy that won, that uh, the, first, the first year, I think we raised about 75 bucks, and the guy that won had never played D&D, never rolled any dice, never done anything. He comes walking it up. He's all excited. I hand him the D20. I say, all right, so you're going to roll that, and you're going to add whatever the modifier was, and I'll tell you if it hits. And he rolls and he rolls a nat 20. Nice. And the crowd went wild and everybody was there was all amazed. And he's standing there going, I, what happened? I don't understand. I'm like, you just did something amazing and are going to kill everybody. So <laughs> we did that a couple years in a row. And it was mostly just kind of a, a side thing. And then last year, we managed to get an actual uh, space at the convention because they started doing evening events. So we actually put together a crew of people to play on stage in front of an actual audience and everything. And we managed to raise about $500 wow. for someone to come up and be the boss monster. It's a big and jump. It was, it, it was very surprising. We had, we had a couple of other things. They got dice and we had some custom dice boxes that were made with our logo on it. And um, because it was going to be an actual event at RTX, it was listed in the program. So it had, it had grown a little bit. Nice. So I created this one-off because we only had an hour. <laughs> they <laughs> said, you have an hour, that's it. Well, I got to do a whole game in an hour. And we had uh, the two people from my podcast who uh, they go by uh, Jenga Ship and Roadblock. And then these other two <laughs> friends of ours. Um, so we ran the game and it sold the place, not sold out, but we, we were standing room only. And we raised all this money and everybody had a fun time. And it was, it pretty much blew my mind. It was way bigger than I ever expected. And the whole rest of the weekend, people were like, are you going to do it again? You're going to do it again? You're going to do it again? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, next year, but oh, I got to sit because I'm exhausted. All right, give me a little time. And the next week, people are like, well, you, sh- you should do more. You should. We want to hear more of this because we couldn't videotape it. We didn't put it out. Mm-hmm. And my players were like, well, I want to I do more of this. I, I got to do more of this. So we're like, well, well, we'll try this as a podcast. And I'm like, I'll run it for you guys and we'll record it and put it out but i'm mostly i'll just run a game because i know you guys want to play this game 
and people started to listen and it snowballed from there. So wow. that's, that's the long and the short of Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so great. So you're in, uh, about how many weeks, uh, episodes have you, are you in right now? Well, with time travel, we're <laughs> probably at about 14 or 15. We were releasing every other week, and then just recently we've started releasing once a week. Wow. Partially because of the response we've gotten, and also because now that we're through the holidays, uh, my group has wanted to get together every week. Right. And my home group, actually, we do that. We get together every Thursday for about an hour and a half to two hours. So I'm actually very comfortable running an hour and a half to two hours. And originally we were doing like these four or five hour marathon sessions that I'd cut up into these little tiny episodes. And so now we're doing once a week, something that is about an episode length. And so I'm about five, I've five episodes in the can, just waiting wow. to go out. Oh, that's great. Because we're yeah. so far ahead. But we were running into these problems where uh, people would, I, I have a friend who listens and she started talking to me about what happened in the last episode. I'm like, oh God, that happened in November. Wait, <laughs> give me a second. Yeah. Okay. Right. Here's what I can and can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Things have changed. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's been it's been forever. Wait. Oh, you haven't even gotten to that point yet. All right. So, nice. so we're trying to speed up a little bit. So tell us about uh, about the world. What's happening uh, uh, in in Dungeons and Dragons and Drugs? So it's not a completely homebrew world. Uh, the original intent was I actually was going to run Horde of the Dragon Queen for for my players. And which is going back to the we don't want people to be reading stuff and everything. Yeah. But I didn't want to start them right into uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen. So I said, well, I'll stick them in Greenest, which is the town, yeah. and get them going on a couple beginning adventures. Because uh, at the time, two of the players had only ever done the one live event. Uh, the other two had very um, either far, you know, distant memories of playing or mm -hmm. had just started to replay. So I'm like, I'll, I'll get them into this slowly. And it's kind of evolves into its own thing. Like most games, it's no longer really Horde of the Dragon Queen. And so it's there's some elements in it. So anyone who's listening who has read through that adventure probably recognizes some characters and locations. And there's an event that's coming up and if my players are listening to this, stop listening now. There's an event that's coming up that's in the book, but um, the main gist of what they're going to go after has changed. It's The cult is there and is affecting things, but it's it's not quite the same. But it's the same world. It's We're on the Still Sword Coast realms, and right. Forgotten Realms and the whole nine yards. The At one point, I dropped Waterdeep, and one of my more experienced players got super excited. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so That's awesome. So, so yeah. Have you only, did you say you've only been a dungeon master for six years? About, yeah. So when I moved out to Seattle, uh, the group that I was with, we I actually found through, um, in fourth edition, the, it, it's not the Adventures League anymore. It was the... D&D um, Encounters? Encounters, yes. I found them through Encounters because I just moved out and I didn't know oh, anybody. Oh, yeah. That's that's what Encounters was meant for. It was perfect for me. I had no money and no no one who wanted to play D&D. And there was a store in Auburn just down the street. Mm -hmm. And they were running Encounters. And so I started going there to play and found a group of people to play with. And then the store closed because that's sadly what happens sometimes. Yeah. And the group of us looked at each other and went, well, we don't want to stop. We should just... And then the next thing I know, they were all coming over to my apartment and playing. <laughs> um, and 
so no one really wanted to be DM at first because everybody had been playing. So we started rotating based on, you know, who wanted to, who had an idea for stuff. So I started running and then I'd pass it off to somebody else for a little while and they come back and I'd run something else. I ran an evil campaign for nine months. Ooh, what was that wow. like? Oh, that was, uh, it was a, a random thing that I said in the middle of one game and everyone went, do you want to run an evil campaign? <laughs> no one ever Asking wants to do for that. for a friend. Yeah. I, and I went, well, you know, we'll see. Let's get done with this. Let's get done with this. And we got done, and everyone went, so, evil campaign. Um, it actually is one of the few campaigns we've made it all the way to the end of. Interesting. Yeah. What does that say about you mm-hmm. and or your players? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, psychology I don't want to get into. Um, yeah, well, a couple that we've run have been TPKs, which are always sad. And a couple we stopped because then whoever was running kind of had a burnout and was like, oh, I just need to play again. But yeah, that one, we, we made it all the way through and the, the evil people won. Darkness now enshrouds the land. That's and it's, amazing. It's, it was kind of, um, it, it, was a, it was an interesting campaign to run. Um, the problems that I ran into were not ones that I was expecting to have. Because uh, like I'd all, pre- well, I'd prepared for evil people, so they're all going to be backstabby and things. So I built up a world, and a, a, they were all uh, worshippers of a goddess that I'd come up with. And so I tried to tie them all together really well. Mm-hmm. And that worked. The problem was they were all being very smart about how evil they were being. And so in a lot of ways, they were just being good people. <laughs> So oh, they'd no. show up to town and they'd and barter with people and they'd trade and they'd, you know, they convinced a wizard instead of killing him to come to their side and all of these things. And they wouldn't kill the wizard's puppy because Aww. they wanted the wizard to be, you know, the, my barbarian is standing aside going, I want to kill the puppy. Wanna yeah, kill right. It. I'm going to do it. <laughs> so I had this weird problem in where there were a couple characters who wanted to be super evil and they really couldn't. So this totally sounds like The Bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants to be super evil and kill puppies. But they but are kind of they evil. Can. They all worship like the same deity. Mm. Yeah, what? and they're super smart about their backstabby. And there's always like two that are really, really evil, and a couple that are like. I'm just sort of evil. Right. And I'm not going to show that until the end when everyone's gone. <laughs> You've totally sold me on this show now. I'm, I'm absolutely going to have to start from the first season and watch this now. All right. Okay. <laughs> Every single one. Absolutely. And then you're, like, it'll be training for more. We will never see you again. You're going to just hold campaigns. up and watching. But you, you, you could probably mine some shows like that for your DM. Yeah, like Breaking Bad or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That. there's a lot of little things you could pull from there. Yeah. I've only ever done like one shots. I've never actually done like a full, you know, campaign for nine uh, months. Of, That's as a, an evil As character? an evil, yeah, right. I think I was at DM and it was more like a criminal underworld mm-hmm. thing happening in the city. I think it was Sasserine when it was the... Is uh, it different to, as a DM, to run, like how, well, I guess it's different, but how is it different running an evil campaign versus a straight up um, good campaign? There wasn't a lot of differences, mostly because you still have to give the players um, a, a purpose and agency. They still need to feel tied to each other. They still need to feel like they're out to do. You know, I always feel like the best villains don't view themselves as villains. They think they're the heroes in their own story. And so it was just a matter of giving them an adventure that they could reconcile in their head is, well, I'm I'm saving the world. Mm-hmm. I'm doing the right thing by you know, getting this artifact that's going to let my goddess then take over the world and slaughter anybody in her path. That <laughs> totally makes sense. And so, right. yeah, um, it allowed me to throw in some piece, some PCs for them to fight who were 
archetype of a good party. I, I threw a paladin at them. I threw nice. an archer. I basically created characters out of the the player's guide and just threw them as uh, basically boss monsters at them. Wow. So it, it allowed for a little bit of that, but I, I didn't really feel that much different. I just needed to expect more slaughter, I guess. Yeah. Expect more evil things. Expect a lot more of, you know, lawful evil behavior. Did, did your players ever surprise you in their depravity. That was always the thing that I was worried about. Yes. Uh, there was a character at the very beginning of the game who was basically supposed to be just an info dump. And he was a, <laughs> he was a satyr who they had semi-rescued. And they decided that, he, well, you're just going to, you have all the information. You're just going to come with us now. And so for half the campaign, he was half prisoner, half willing participant in their evil scheme. And uh, they were trying to convert him to their goddess. And if he got out of line, they'd smack him around a little bit. It was, it was a really weird relationship. And just about the time that he was starting to come around to their way of thinking, they got into this giant fight. And they were in a, a top floor of a building, building caught fire, everybody's trying to escape. And my, my barbarian took a look at the satyr and uh, punched him and knocked him down and then ran out. And, and so killed, just, just slaughtered the PC for no reason, really, that I know of, and jumped out of the building. And when everyone was like, well, oh, what, what happened? What happened? He's like, he just didn't make it. Oh my God. Didn't make it. <laughs> That's so sad. For half the campaign, I had this guy with them who was just, you know, That's following awesome. along, and then they just slaughtered him. He just had him. it. One yeah. Day. He was just like, I have an opportunity to kill this guy. No one's around. Right. Poof. It sounds like that barbarian character was the guy that would, or, or, or girl who wanted to do that the most. He, yeah. Him and one of my other, my other gentleman um, players <laughs> was, was... It was, he, there were tons of fun, though, because when the other players would be all full of machinations and figuring things out and being more sly, they, they kind of got a chance to have that, the, the wanton slaughter. They right. can, you know, in good campaigns, you sometimes feel like murder hobos anyway. And so this was good murder hobos. Everyone had fun. <laughs> That's cool. That's what matters. Yeah. That's exactly. And it's good that the, like, the story kind of resolved itself, too. So you were like, all right, well, that's it. Now it's time to move on to, you know, more traditional fantasy storytelling. Yeah, I didn't I didn't think I could do Evil Campaign forever and ever and ever. Yeah. I, that needed to have an end. So it, it cool. came to a very happy, sad, happy. <laughs> it came to an end. It came to an end. <laughs> and my players were very happy. Let's put it that way. That's cool. And you're right. That is all that, that really matters. Yeah. Yeah. It's making that entertainment happen. And it's exhausting. It is. It is. It's hard oh. to be a DM. Being a DM, I... I'm a performer by trade, and being a DM is is ten times more difficult than playing oboe in front of a crowd. It is amazing. Talk a little bit about. Do you ever think that there's a uh, a correlation between you loving performing as a DM and loving performing uh, as an oboist? I I would think so. I certainly my fears when I started becoming a DM for my home game were never about the performing in front of people, it was the, do I know what I'm doing? Do I have enough knowledge? Am I going to forget this rule or that thing or this bit of minutia? The the experiences I've had as an oboist playing in front of people have all been really valuable as a DM, but the, the main difference as an oboist is you stick a piece of paper in front of me and I read it and I play it. My job is to, to translate that into music. I don't 
I'm not a jazz player. I don't make up things on the fly. <laughs> Whereas as a DM, I have to make it all up kind of on the fly. Oh, yeah. So I, I feel like if I had been, if, if I played saxophone and was a jazz player, I'd probably be even better at being a DM. That's like, <laughs> if, if only all of my jazz friends could go be dungeon masters, I think they'd be amazing. That's interesting. Yeah, I wonder if Bill Clinton would be a really good... Uh, DM. What's the correlation between? Because he played you saxophone. A, yeah. What I mean, like in general, like yeah. between like well, you as, as a musician versus skills. you as a dungeon master. He's now we need very to charming. more musicians and politicians who play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> Now's the year to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Musician, politician, dungeon masters. I'm yeah, sure there's, there's a, a ton correlation. Of yeah, those. that Venn diagram is wonder, huge. Like, <laughs> would drummers? I'm trying to think now. Who? What musicians? Would make the best dungeon master. Mm. I don't know. So where do you play oboe? Where's where do you where do you do that? Well, I freelance in the Seattle area. So if anyone would like to hire me, I'm <laughs> always available. <laughs> I am union, and my rates are reasonable. Uh, mostly with the Federal Way Symphony, and then I oh, cool. I sub around with a lot of other groups in this area. I work at Village Theater and in their oh in the pit and stuff. Sadly, not in their pit. Okay. I I the the gentleman that does. So Village Theater has a very small pit, and with most musical theaters, they hire musicians who can play multiple instruments. And I play oboe and English horn, what I think is very well, but I do not play any other woodwinds. And he plays them all exceptionally well. Mm. So I, I can't argue with, with the people that they've hired. Now, my, my uh, job, I work in the box office there, and then at night I go and play oboe and try to find more oboe jobs. And then every once in a while I go and DM. That's cool. Are there? Do you find? Because we were talking about this when we were talking to theater people. There's just some crossover between theater people and those who play Dungeons and Dragons. Mm -hmm. is, is that in the dun the musicians world as well? A little bit, not so much. N not as much as I found. Mm. Um, I'm still considered fairly young for a lot of professional musicians, and a lot of my peers are much older than I am. Mm. And so I don't know if they would admit to that. Maybe. Um, I've certainly showed up from one to the other. You know, I've got my my player's handbook in my oboe bag. Or Just I'm, let I'm, that like slip out. <laughs> so like, oh, Oops, sorry. My player's handbook. <laughs> See, is anybody smiling? Yeah, can it, does anybody want to play? <laughs> I think you'd be a really great warlock, Bernie. Come on, <laughs> yeah, give right. it a try. I mean, you guys are all bards. I know that, right? Right. You know, I avoided playing a bard forever because of that. Really? And then in fifth edition, I I watched. Um, Oh, the the guys at Loading Ready Run, they did, um, they, they played a game online, I'm just blanking on the name, and one of the guys there played a bard, and he dropped Lehman's Tiny Hut. And I went, I want to do that. I want I want to be that person for my players. I want to be that. And so I, I have recently, just before I started DMing again for my home group, played an Era Coker bard. Oh, nice. Because I wanted to be a bird bard. A bird oh, bard. Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> bird bard. Yep. That's and now fun. she's shown up in Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks now that I'm. Now that she um, might not be alive in the other campaign anymore. Oh, no. so, You're so like, well. Ernie, my bird bar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she showed up, and anyone who's listening to Dungeons and & Dragons and Drunks, they know who Soria is, and she was my PC for a very long time. Oh, that's, that's cool. That's so sad. Do you, do She's you, getting a second life. Though. Exactly, right? <laughs> do you yes. have like a stable of uh, of characters because you were a player for so long? Of like, oh, yeah, I got these ones, I got these ones, I can bring them all in. Kinda. I, I certainly... Um, I don't usually try to grab from, I'll, I've, I've grabbed from um, 
other non-player characters that I've used in other D and D games, uh-huh. or at least their their archetype, just like oh, the shopkeeper that I kind of I know what he's like, or this guy. Uh, Sorry is the first one that's shown up in full force, but I, I have a couple others. Sadly, some of them are also dead. But <laughs> hey, you know it's my universe, so they can live again. Right. Yeah, right. They Why will not? rise again. Um, Why not? Tis the season. <laughs> but you never know when they'll just show up in, in someplace else. And it, it, it might be fun, but I certainly don't want it to turn into, like, the the me and my stable of character show. This is about right. my players and, and their characters. So. That's a good point. So we didn't really get uh, into the, I mean, we talked about your, your DMing history, but when did you start with Dungeons & Dragons in general? When did you, when did you start playing? Um, so... My parents bought me the red box. Awesome. Way back in the 80s. And they bought it for me. Both my parents are, are geeks and dorks. And they, my dad is a psychologist who worked for the state of New York. My mom was an educator. And so they were very into computers. Mm-hmm. And we always had computers in the house. And I grew up on a computer. They wanted to get me off the computer because I was playing Zork. I was playing <laughs> uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy text adventure game. I love game. that text adventure. I still don't know what to do with the lint in my pocket. <laughs> I've had it forever. What do you do with the lint? It took me, the, the buffered analgesic was where I was like, seriously, who calls it that? It's uh, buffering. Yeah, right. Well, you know, I just had to go English live English people. In, I have to go live in England for a little while. Yeah, and then you all get all of the jokes. And exactly. you're like, oh, I understand now. I'd be flipping through the book going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but so I was playing, I was very... Um, um, it took me a while to kind of find myself as a social person. Mm-hmm. So they bought me the red box because I was reading Tolkien and I was reading David Eddings and I was playing Zork. And they're like, well, so we'll, we'll do this Dungeons and Dragons thing and it'll be fun. And I never found anyone to play with. I just... Did they I, play with you? I don't remember them playing. Um, I know... I. I seem to remember going through the, the basic rule book with my dad. But what I remember about it most was that... Well, first off, it came with the crayon with the D20 uh, yeah. that you had to color in, which yeah. when when the that was amazing. I love that. But it came with a, an adventure that you could like run on your own, and it was like, like a choose your own adventure. Like, oh, and the goblin is going to attack you. Roll for the goblin. And mm-hmm. now, what do you want to do? And I remember just going through that over and over again with different characters. And just mm-hmm. like, oh, now I'll be a cleric, and now I'll be a fighter, and now I'll be a wizard, and now I'll be a cleric again, and that won't work. Uh, but I never, <laughs> you know, it was the '80s, and so I'm sure any anybody that I asked, their parents were like. Wait, what? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Never playing with that Lauren girl again. <laughs> she's, she's into demon worship. Did you see the box that she had? Yeah, I'm, it was the 80s, I'm sure. There, there was, was a lot of that, yeah. Uh, I know, it's funny. You, you were saying how your parents gave it to you. It was the opposite. My parents yeah. took it away. <laughs> They're like, oh, you have these books? Yoink. Oh, too bad you guys didn't know each other. I know, right? Yeah. So did you grow up, uh, up in New York? So yes, we were talking. I uh, so I grew up in Buffalo, okay, and then I went to undergrad and graduate work at Ithaca College. Woo-woo! You did? I did. No way. Did you know that yeah. we're fellow that when, alumni. When when were you there? Uh, so I have a, a bachelor's in '98 and a master's in 2000. Oh my gosh! So I was there the summer of '97. Oh, that's right. At you were the Hangar Theater. I was inter- a carpenter there. So, so you were in the other building. I was mostly well. It's now called the Wayland Center. Mm. I don't. It changed while I was in graduate school, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, we we might have crossed paths. You That's never crazy. Because yeah. I was definitely on campus. Because I stayed over most summers to. Oh to, really? Yeah. Um, Binghamton had an orchestra. That <gasps> That's I played where with. I'm from. Oh, there you go. I played with the uh, Binghamton Symphony and the uh, Opera Company down there. No, I you played with them. crazy. Yeah. That's my home turf. Nice. Yep. Out Damn. there in the mountains. Yeah. 
It's a gorgeous yeah. place. It's amazing. And I didn't mean gore. Gorgeous. gorgeous. Yeah, we already, yeah. Yeah. She did we not talked about that before. Our, yeah. Our, yeah. <laughs> when Wolfgang was here. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I was actually born in Syracuse, New York. So we no, all I have didn't even know that. upstate New York things happening here. I was at the SPAC Little Theater quite a lot. And no way. Because the, uh, the Philharmonic did residence there. New York, the Philadelphia Phil did their residence there. So I was I was there That's quite crazy. a bit listening. Yeah. Small D&D world. Yep. It gets smaller every day. Yeah, I know. It really does. A lot does. of upstate New York representation in Seattle. Yeah. We love fleeing to nicer, nicer weather. Yeah. Well, it's rainier yeah. here. I don't know if it's, I guess there's less it's of, you less know, cold. 40 inches of snow in, yeah. a, in a winter. Yes. Yeah, I can deal with less the rain. Less humidity. The rain is yeah. yeah. I don't like the humid summers. So that's funny because I feel like they're that, I mean, it's not that different from uh, uh, the Madison, Wisconsin kind of Midwest where mm-hmm. D&D grew from. You know, you'd think that Buffalo and that area would, would Especially not with that all the far. time you have to spend indoors. Yeah, Buffalo not so much, but when I went to Ithaca, I did run into a group that I never officially played with. Because um, mm-hmm. when you're a musician, you you know, you don't have nights and weekends, really. And the my junior year when I was in the dorm, everybody would get together and take over the lounge and they do like these eight hour marathon Star Wars RPG sessions. Oh, cool. And it always looked like the coolest thing. And whenever I could, I'd basically just go sit in there and eat pizza and play like some minor character or something, but basically just sit there. Um, but I always, Saturdays, I was, I had rehearsal, I had concerts, I had mm. things going on. Uh, so it really wasn't until I moved out here that I found a, a group to play with and people to play with on a regular basis. Mostly it was just playing a lot of RPGs online, a lot of uh, Dragon Age and Oblivion and Skyrim and nice. all that fun stuff. You Do you find, still you play? Found your people. Yeah. yeah, you found your people. So exactly. Here in, uh, in Seattle, where it all happens. Do you still play a lot of the, the, Computer RPGs? Oh, yeah. I'm still turning my way through Dragon Age Origins right now in between Halo games. Well, Origins? That's like... Or not Origins. I'm sorry. Inquisition. Inquisition. Okay, Inquisition. the new one. Yeah. I was going to say, like, you went back to the oh, five-year-old, no, no, no. six-year-old game. No, to... I finally was able to buy the um, Game of the Year edition and get all the extended content. Nice. So, so when I'm kind of burnt out of Halo, I go play a little bit of Dragon Age. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It took me a long time to get through all that stuff. I, I still haven't done the all the DLC that kind of does the story afterwards, but... Yeah, it's a lot of lot of material. It's good though. It's good to it's have. It's really that. good material. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, especially when you don't have the money. I mean, that's what D and D offers. Is like, okay, for the small down payment of these couple of books, now you can just make games forever. And so, all right, for sixty bucks, now I can buy this RPG that I'm going to play for three million hours. I'm okay <laughs> with this. I'm all right with this. Yeah, there's a good return on investment there. Exactly. For sure. My uh, ROI is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> From money invested to fun had. Exactly. For everyone. And now you're sharing that fun with everybody uh, online, which yeah. I think is so interesting that this has ballooned in the last, uh, you know, five years, really, of people yeah. watching. But in some ways, it harkens back to you going back to that dorm room to watch people play right. the Star Wars RPG. Like, there's there was always kind of like a performance element to it, but it was only about the people in the room. And it's interesting now that that's expanded to people's monitors everywhere. Well, I always felt like a a little bit of a voyeur when I was in the room, you know, mostly because like I wanted to play, but I didn't want to get in the way and I couldn't commit. And then like watching Acquisitions Incorporated and the, the live games and everything and feeling like, well, this can be a spectator sport. This can be something that other people can just watch and enjoy. And it's not your standard just you know, garbage fair on TV. It's got these amazing characters and you're watching people, you know, play with each other and just, it's it's amazing. And, and all of the different versions that are out there, you know, from the 
um, the Twitch streams that are just here watch people play to more edited versions to you know stuff that's more like a radio drama. It's all amazing, and it's it's been exhausting to try to keep up with a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, and then to audio edit my own has been it's extra fun challenge. So. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you think do you think that the trend is going to continue and then more and more people are going to uh, uh, jump into something like this? I, I hope so. I mean, the the universe itself itself is just it's open to anything you want to do with it. It's um, it you've got that connection, especially if you've played, you've got that connection to watching other people go through these encounters. Even if you don't know what the encounter is, it's like, oh, I remember using that spell or oh, I, I know what right. I would do in that situation. And seeing the creativity that's out there is it's amazing so yeah i mean it's it's like a genre of tv really it's just oh i watch crime dramas oh i watch comedies i watch D. do you watch D? do you watch all other people's streams oh yes who is, who are some of your favorites i happen to be wearing the sweatshirt for critical i, I know yeah. that yeah <laughs> a huge fan of theirs i mean that's that's kind of as close to professional D as i think you could kind of get right? you know yeah and they certainly um I've been DMing for a while, but the the urge to try to up my my voice game mm. came from watching them and being like, "Well, I'm going to fail at this because my Irish sucks, or you know, my this I know I can't do with this accent or that, but why not? I'll try, you know. I'll just I'll put on a, a silly accent and do something, and all my players will laugh at me. But then you know it'll be okay. That's a good dungeon master. Is just the willingness to do stupid things and yeah. give it a try. But watching them has been fun. Um, I've been listening to the God's Fall podcast, which they're is, great. Yeah, that's I mean the height of audio editing right there. Um, yeah, and then on uh, Titan's Grave with mm-hmm. Geek and Sundry, that's like uh, for another like video highly edited kind of thing. And that world was fantastic. So. Right. Uh, yeah, and then right now there's just so many other Twitch streams out there. I usually end up just putting something on if I'm at home working on overreads or something. I'll just, you know, the the fan community of um, Critical Role is constantly getting together and putting stuff out there. So there's always a game to watch, which is always fun because uh, there's always there's always uh, people having fun. And that's always fun to watch. And then as a DM, there's always something out there. You go, oh, that's, that's a good idea. I should keep that in mind right. when I do my thing. Oh, that's a really good, interesting character thing. That's a it's always inspiration to take. Yeah, that's what I found, too, where, like, it doesn't necessarily, like, I mean, we, I'm sure, like, many people, I voraciously read fantasy books. And mm-hmm. then some of those ideas were filtered into, oh, I'm going to do this a little bit, tweak it a little bit different for my, you know, D&D homebrew world and do this. But now... Uh, that people are getting most of their ideas from from other people playing the game instead of a different format altogether. You know what I mean? It's 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 interesting to see. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so and you, it's just it's so much more engaging than kind of regular boob tube, right? So or mo- at least I think most of the time, anyway. <laughs> right. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, except, I mean, except for The Bachelor, <laughs> which is the best television show best on on there. ever, because it's it's Dungeons and Dragons, right? Right. Yeah. They get thrown in, in the mountain when they get kind of kicked yeah. off, yeah. or a black SUV. But yeah, that's kind of like <laughs> what level have they reached at this point? I mean, are they oh, paragon? we've got almost yeah. Right. But there's only two left. There's oh. only two left. So and it's he the loves end game. them both. It's the end game. It's oh the my god! Level time 18, travel 19. by the time this airs, 
we're going to know. <laughs> we're going to know who the future Mrs. Ben Higgins is. The, the, the culmination of the evil campaign will be complete. Be <laughs> Unless he kills them both off and he then might. it's oh. a total wipe. I mean, it could be a tragedy. It could He's be. a barbarian. He's been the barbarian <gasps> the, the whole, whole time. time. That's the twist. Oh, that would be really surprising. That's some good DMing right there to have that See, twist. I should have known. I should have known. You can oh. use that. You can use that. <laughs> there you go. There you go. You so, know, my players have been uh, flirting with pretty much every NPC that I throw their way, so who knows? Maybe I will. Maybe yeah. they're going to meet the Bachelor Barbarian. Right. There you go. We've invited uh, uh, 10 eligible people. To <laughs> 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 so do you find, are you a different dungeon master in your home game versus the one on your podcast? Is there like hmm. a performer Lauren and like a just chilling at home Lauren? That's an interesting question. Well... So the podcast, because by nature it's audio, I'm much more aware of explaining things. Um, so she's way better at that than we are. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to, whether I'm good at it or not, we'll see. Uh, but minutia things like, um, I like to leave in stuff like what people roll. Uh, because at least for me, what I like to watch out of D&D games includes like, oh, I rolled a this, or I'm rolling for a that. Like just the numbers game kind of yeah. thing. And so, of course, because it's, a, it's an audio podcast and people talk over each other and everything, I find myself going, okay, Travancore, what'd you roll? Bernie, what'd you roll? Yep. And just kind of being very methodical about some of the the more minutiae of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of the, if I'm dropping into character, I do sometimes find myself explaining more what they're doing or what they look like because people can't see it. It's not like my home game where if I wave my arms, right. you know, people can see me waving my arms and stuff. Uh, I have to, I have to. For those of you at home, she was waving her hands uh, around and around to sh- prove that point. Yep. So I'll make sure you guys knew that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's me pretending to be in my home game. Where I just wave my arms all over the place. Yeah. I'm Kermit the Frog at yeah. my home game. <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't, I would like to think I'm not different, but I do tend to be much more, attuned to, well, this this has to be heard and not seen. Right. And if I don't say it, they're not going to know that I'm frowning. They're not going to know that, you know, or you know, especially when I first started and I was a little more unsure about how well I could act. <laughs> you know, I'm still new to the whole accents and playing a man or things like that. Mm-hmm. I, I would say things like, well, he looks really angry. And then I would try to be really angry. You know? so, <laughs> so, yeah, so it was like cues for yourself almost in a way. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I still I still do it as I listen to myself because that's always fun listening to yourself. When you're yourself. audio editing yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. No one likes that. But it's it's been very educational to right. listen to myself and say, okay, I'm doing a better job of not just saying I'm angry but being angry. And now I should try to do an even better job. Or, wow, I, I say certain words a lot and I should really stop doing mm. that so right that makes sense yeah, yeah. i uh, i found that i have played probably more online in, in the last two or three years than i have actually around a table mm-hmm. and i've found that i find i find it more fun now i find it actually because the games get a little bit more streamlined and focused there's a lot less downtime mm-hmm. uh, i don't know it's just my personal personality as a player and as a dm where i'm uh, the instigator i want to keep things moving <sighs> 
you know, and if it gets to be too much downtown around the table, I get a little bit like, oh, all right, well, we could just be eating Cheetos around the table. You know, like I, w- <laughs> I want to keep things moving. So that's good as a DM. And then I feel like even more so in a, uh, a public setting, the performance is, is becomes really important. So I can be like, all right, yeah, let's 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 keep it on moving. So yeah, I don't. I found that I actually enjoy D and D more when it's in that mode. Well, and certainly the the um, the stuff that will help players online, like Roll Twenty, um, being able to have that kind of visual of all of the players, being able to have the map there, being able to have all of the the tools that you would normally have around a table, and now it's just on a screen, mm-hmm. has been super helpful. I don't know if if we would have felt we could have pulled this off three or four, even five years ago, but now that Skype and Roll20 and all the other ways that you can, virtual tabletop, all of those are just amazing tools so that, you know, for a while my, my husband was in Canada for a couple of months and so we had a computer laptop hooked up to Skype and it wasn't perfect because, you know, Skype is never perfect and internet is never perfect, but it was better than not having him there. Yeah. He could see everybody and we could see him and despite the delay, we could still play. and. That was the important part is like, I just I just want to play and I want to play with you and you happen to be in Vancouver and I got to stay in Seattle. So here we are. Right. You know, my my players are uh, East Coast and Central Coast people. None of us are in the same city. So this is an opportunity for us to play more than once a year. Right. That's cool. Things changed. Yeah. From those days on the internet of BBSing and where I'd have to log into a, a, someone's computer and leave a post a message on a bulletin board system and then hope that they would get a response. Uh-huh. So, yeah. That was I I love that idea of bulletin board services from like the the eighties. It was like my jam. Yeah. It's like I felt like war games was was speaking to me. Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. No, we tried to play a D and D game way back in the BBS days. Really? It, it, I think it was a, a very simplified. We didn't roll or anything. I think the DM rolled. I do remember specifically. I was playing a halfling because I had just read Lord of the Rings and Frodo was my jam. Of course. You know that's what every kid wants to be the hero of the story. So I was playing a, a halfling, and I do remember it was it was. I don't remember rolling at all. I just remember okay. Lauren, what do you want to do? And I would just type up, well, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And then the DM would come back three or four days later, whenever, and say, okay, well, you rolled this on this, and this happened. Okay, now the next player, what do you want to do? And it was a very stilted kind of thing, but at the time, it was super cool. Yeah, because you're, like, using this technology to play this game. You mm-hmm. couldn't find anywhere else to play it. Like, that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, like, the proto-forum games, in a way, which, you know people played for years and years and years and now I feel like those Muds have been and yeah 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 exactly now those are being supplanted by Skype because you can all right you don't need to worry about leaving messages and text you can actually just you know do it in real time yep. to a certain extent which is amazing or I'm going to get a group of players together and we're going to go into Neverwinter and we're going to take on this this boss down here and yeah. we'll all be on TeamSpeak together and, and it'll be awesome we're going to go play World of Warcraft and we're all going to go get this thing so yeah it's it's a lot of fun nice so where do you think you're going to be uh, uh, taking Dungeons and & Dragons and Drunks going forward? Uh, you gonna, is it going to continue to be weekly for a long time? Do you think you're, this campaign is going to be you know, infinite or do you have a, a finite ending in mind? Oh, nothing is ever infinite. <laughs> Eventually all things must come to an end. Sadly. Sadly. Um, hopefully it will continue weekly. We're still having fun. Uh, I'm having enough fun, and I think they're having enough fun, that even if the podcast were to go away, we'd keep playing. So I I do kind of have in my head some long-term plans. Um, I do also have in my head ideas for if the worst happens and everybody dies and (laughs) what to do next. 
And kind of our next big thing is we're, we're trying to up our audio game. We've had some uh, audio issues because a couple of us are new at this. So we want to fix that. And then the next big thing is uh, RTX is coming back up, which is where oh, it all started yeah. with us. And we'd love to run another game. And so I'm kind of in the, the pre-planning stages of how do I run a game with these players ostensibly in this world in front of an audience where the audience might not necessarily be up to date with where the players are and also may not know the backstory. So I need to keep something self-contained, but then doesn't disrupt the main campaign. So that's been a logistical challenge, nightmare challenge. We'll go with challenge. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's the big next thing that happens in July. And so my hope is to have something fun by then that... Uh, I can roll out for them in front of an audience and we'll keep going and maybe we'll raise even more money for Child's Play. I was just going to say, like, right, the, the charity sure. component is still a, a big part of it, right? Yeah. Oh, for the live games, absolutely. Yeah, we will definitely, I don't know exactly what we're doing. We, I might do another Come Be the Boss Monster because that seems to work well and it's always exciting for someone to run up on stage and yeah. Yeah. roll the dice and everything. It is, it's a little more difficult because then you're spoiling that there's a boss monster. Oh, well, big surprise. Uh, but yeah, we're still kind of hammering out some of those details. But there will definitely be a, uh, something that people can can do to donate to Child's Play and then participate in Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks. Nice. And that's the Rooster Teeth experience. And that's in Austin, right? That's in Austin. Um, I believe it's over July 4th weekend. And yeah, it's RTX. Right. Uh, if they go to roosterteeth.com. Uh, we'll have information on our website, glibshark.com. Nice. Is this the portion of the podcast where I now pimp everything? Yeah, you probably yeah, should, right? It. Might as well. I should just starting it up. Yeah. So Glibshark is the host podcast. Dungeons and Dragons and Drunks is the the name of the sub, show. The sub podcast. Yeah, Are you, you ever thinking about splitting that off into its own feed? We probably will at this point. Uh, not yet because we just haven't had the money to buy the URLs and everything. But yeah. yeah. So right now, if you subscribe on iTunes to Glibshark, you'll get everything. Um, and we do enough talk on Glibshark about both the podcast and other D&D stuff that I think people who like our, our game might like our show. Uh, but yeah, we've got, if you find us on Glibshark, uh, at Glibshark, at Dungeon Drunks would be the two Twitters, and then I'm at Oboe Crazy. Are you? Uh, I am. Crazy. You're Oboe Crazy? I am Oboe Crazy. Now, is that a boy crazy play on, you know... That pun is, there? Yeah. It's actually just a, 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 I needed a name. And I was, <laughs> I was very lucky when I was young and I picked an, uh, a handle online that wasn't full of X's and MLG and Sniper and Elite things and uh, that I'm not, uh, that I'm amused by. So I am Oboe, O-B-O-E-C-R-E-Z-Y on Twitter That's and uh, most other things too. So, most other things too. Yeah. I have OboeCrazy.com. Nice. I am so excited about that. So. Uh, is there a site there? There is a site there. Oh, that's right. That's where I found you, actually. It is my now homepage. I remember. Yes. Yep. So if you would like to actually hire me as, as oh, an yeah. oboist. And, and you're in, in the Pacific Northwest. Or you don't mind me sending you uh, audio over the internet because I can do that Look kind of. Look at that. I've, I've done that before for people. Oh, that's kind of uh, cool. On a regular yeah. basis. It's just. You're like, well, I can't fly out to your wedding in Cabo, but <laughs> I could my, send a, a recording. computer on a stool. <laughs> I can send you very high quality wave file. <laughs> yeah, I've right. got everything right here. And you can hire a local actor <laughs> to pretend go. that they're playing the oboe I just like from Mozart in the Jungle. I mean, it's easy to exactly. pretend you're playing the oboe. Shelly, look, I'm playing the oboe. You're an actress. <gasps> That's amazing. Right? You just nailed that I like did. oboe performance. Sorry, y'all couldn't see that. There was a lot of oh. waving and moving of hands. I'm playing so the oboe. 
<laughs> it was the most visually impressive fake oboe, air oboe that I've ever seen. It was amazing. <laughs> totally new talent there. Who knew? I'm Who playing knew? Hall of Notes on my oboe. <laughs> <laughs> what I want. Oh my God, was that you playing the no. oboe? That sounded like someone uh, no, singing. It was, but it, was, it was an oboe. That's amazing. Yep. Awesome. Well, yes. go check out all those uh, all those places. Oboe Crazy is where I found you, uh, and uh, everybody else should find you too. It might be time for Edna to start taking oboe lessons. It's true. Something. Yeah, my daughter, she's four. She might be able to jump right into that. Also, Couple play D and D. Well, both. Yes. Yeah. A couple more years on the oboe, but definitely the D&D. Well, if you're doing any freelance DMing, too, I'm sure people can, can hire you for that as well. Yeah. Wait, is that a thing? It can should I, be. Can it I get paid? Be. Do I need, do, am I competing with Chris Perkins? This is amazing. You can be the next DM to the stars. <gasps> hey, what about the DM skill? Are you putting any of your content I up there? I haven't, mostly because my notes are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Just scan them and put them up there. Nobody cares. There's some... There's some Floating around in here, yeah. I have 20 million pieces of paper, I have a couple of Google Docs, and then so much of it just gets made up uh, just on the spot. Yeah. And then, of course, with Dungeons and & Dragons and Drunks, as I said, uh, some of it is being pulled from the awesome thing that you guys have put out oh, at Wizards you. of the Coast, so I can't really claim that, but... Maybe if I ever find my notes from that evil campaign, I'll keep yeah, that up there. When that it came out, good. when it came out, I was definitely on that website in seconds, going, "What's here? <gasps> what can I buy?" It's pretty amazing, <laughs> huh? Oh, Matt Mercer's characters are up here. I need those. Oh, yeah, give them, right. give them, give them here. Yeah, give me that Bloodhunter right now. So, <laughs> yeah, I haven't put up anything, but that's just because of my lack of organization as well, a note taker. Your lack of time. You're, well, there's you're that too. Pretty busy. Yeah. Well, that's that's every DM on the planet. I, I can't claim to be. I can't claim that as as an excuse because that's every DM right now is going. Oh God, I have no time for any of this. <laughs> so yeah, it's just my notes are are crazy, and that's been the one good thing about going through the audio recordings is as a DM, it makes me be more um, regimented in my note taking because oh, yeah. now I'm listening to the episode, going, oh that's what that guy was called. Oh that's what we did. Oh I gave that to them. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a huge uh, uh, benefit because you don't remember half the things that you make up out of your head, right? It's it's helpful and then it's not so helpful when then uh, people go on and are just like, "Hey, so 3 episodes ago you said blah 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 blah." And then the last episode I just listened to you said blah 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 blah. You said this was a mile away. Now it's 3 miles away. Anyway. Uh. Because the universe is crazy. Yeah, right. It folded <laughs> in upon itself. So and exactly. It was Schrodinger's village. The, sh- the Sword Coast is full of magic. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's the joke about Lucy Lawless saying when, whenever they'd ask her about Minutia of Xena, she'd be like, a wizard did it. Yep. Sorry. <laughs> That's a pretty much what it. we can always say. And, yeah. and, and the, the dungeon master is the wizard. Right. You did it. I did it. You did it, Lauren. I try. Well, thank you so much for coming in. It was awesome yeah, uh, it was talking really to you, talking picking to you. your brain. My pleasure. Thank yeah. you. Really love it. So thank you. Everyone go check out Oboe Crazy on the Twitters. And uh, and everywhere else. And Dungeons and & Dragons. And hire and an oboist. Yeah. Yes. Do it. Do it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Uh, it is amazing that our D&D world is so small that a uh, fellow Ithaca College graduate. Upstate New York. Upstate represent. New York. What, what? I know. Yeah. It's yeah. Amazing. Yeah. It was great to talk to Lauren. She was awesome. I want uh, to hear more. Like, I, just, I want to invite her back for like another hour to talk it, more. She actually makes me feel a little bit guilty being a player because she works so hard as a dungeon master. Like, yeah. she works really hard. She yeah. obviously takes it very seriously and is really good at it and... For all dungeon masters out there, pour one out. This one's for you. <laughs> Make my <laughs> dreams come true. <laughs> Good one. I couldn't do it. I couldn't. You wanted to. You know, to. like I've just, I've lost 
my voice, my singing, <laughs> singing voice. from that like scary Ryan actually recorded me singing Hollow Notes and you guys included it on the podcast. It was really good. That's not why. as good as your rap. Not as good. As, we, we won't speak of that. Uh, <laughs> so if you would like to find out more about my rap, uh, you can <laughs> message me on Twitter. I'm at Greg Tito. I Message me because I'm the one that's going to give it to you. That's probably true. It's true. Well, how do they find you? At Shelly Moo. Shelly Moo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, if you want to find out anything about uh, Dungeons and Dragons, please go ahead and follow uh, the Wizards underscore D and D at Twitter. Uh, right now, Madam Ava is still giving out uh, uh, Taroka card readings, so go ahead and get yours. Yeah, come on, you lazy slob. She's just be getting like one every day. Just do all your dirty work. Yeah, she's like the astrologist for all of our D and D. She's fans. working hard. She's working really hard. Yeah, and doing and doing <laughs> doing Strahd's work. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, and of course, if you would like to uh, hear from different people on the podcast, please let me know. We found out about Lauren uh, from some wonderful recommendations on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, so thank you for that. But we also pay attention to the iTunes ratings and reviews. So please go ahead and and uh, give us, you know, six and a half stars for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Just max them out. Yeah. Do In that. fact, write to iTunes and say, "I need more stars for this podcast." <laughs> I want it you to rewrite your program so that I can give this more stars <laughs> and or less stars because you uh, dislike oh, my, my voice. And my Bert impression. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you guys so much. We'll see you uh, next week. Bye. 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 Bye.